Welcome to Charged Up Studio Live, where small business owners get charged up for success. Are you a small business owner? Do you find yourself struggling through the many responsibilities that come with the title entrepreneur? Well, we're here for you. Charged Up Studio is hosted by Market Academy LLC, your prescription for what we call OPA. What is OPA? It's when you become so overwhelmed with the confusion that comes with business ownership that you become paralyzed and ultimately avoid doing anything in hopes it will take care of itself or you put it off till later. Does that sound familiar? I'm your host, Dan Olivo, and each week we bring a business professional eager to charge you up as they talk about the many things that keep you from moving forward with your small business. So are you ready to get charged up for success? Let's hit it. So welcome back to Charged Up Studio, where we bring you insightful conversations with industry leaders and experts. I'm Dana Olivo, your host, and we are continuing our monthly focus on building strong foundations for success, empowering business mindsets. This week's podcast is going to bring a little fun to the infamous smart goal setting strategy. Our guest, Joe Swinger, is the breakout boss and has spent decades in corporate jail is what he calls it. He aptly describes experiencing the pain and unfulfilled life of being a midlife corporate entrepreneur or employee, sorry, uh, as and then transitioning into the entrepreneurial life in the 60s. So his great love is, is inspiring others to achieve their best, both personally and professionally. His extensive experience as a trusted advisor to professionals looking to find new purpose in life has confirmed that smart goal setting is really dumb. And he's going to talk more about the new dumb plan for success. Let's all give him a warm charged up studio welcome to Mr. Joe Swinger. Welcome, Joe. Hey, Dana. Thank you. It's great to be here. No, I'm glad you're here. I'm excited to hear more. I know we've had some minor conversations about this and it just kind of, you know, it it just triggers a new way of thinking and 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 realizing we put too much stock into um, you know, uh, uh, traditional things and today's environment does not lay itself or lend itself to traditional. We have to be able to be flexible and move forward, you know. So that's what we're going to bring to you today. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get started, I always ask my guests one very important question. So are you ready? I'm I'm ready to go. This is is perfect for you having, you know, in the second stage of your life, you know, new purpose, everything. So if you could go back in time and give your young self some solid advice. What advice would you give him and at what age? I, I'm a risk taker, but I probably would have taken more risk. Uh, I, I left, I left uh, my you know, home city of Chicago when I was 
23 and went to LA and I was homeless. And uh, so that was quite a risk. Back then, it was kind of colorful to be homeless. And but uh, as I went through my corporate career, I uh, I was always authentic. And but I probably stayed in jobs too long. You know, I, I kind of re, uh, relied on upper management and leadership to see my brilliance, if you will. And uh, sometimes it happened. Sometimes it took years. And so I, I, I would just say, you know, trust your inner voice and take more risk. And um, that's what I would do. I, I had one job for three years. It was horrible. <laughs> I had to put food on the table. I had a young family. Yeah. But uh, that's what I would do. And, you know, you know, and I, I think, Joe, you and I are probably around the same age, you know. So in the environment that we were brought up in, you know, back when our parents, you know, had, you know, their jobs and things like that. That's the way we were taught is you get with a company, you prove yourself and you stay with that company and you, you, you work up the corporate ladder. But um, uh, that's not the way anymore. And this is what we're going to get to a little bit as we're talking. Yeah, it's not the way. And and nothing's worse than when you know you have something to offer people and greatness inside. And you're working under leaders that are incompetent or they're there because of some other reason. And and you're wasting, you right. know, you're, you're collecting a paycheck. Yeah. And that's exactly it. You know, and sometimes that paycheck is not as, um, uh, I wouldn't say reliable, but it it doesn't have the same uh, benefit or, or uh, I don't know the term I would use, but when you weigh it against other things, other life changes and other life values, it's not as important. Dana, it, it's a mirage. You, you're with the company with a title, and it's a mirage that can get rid of you tomorrow. Yeah. And but but we feel secure. Whereas if we go on our own, like your audience, uh, as an entrepreneur, it feels there's there's fear based, right? It's mm-hmm. and it's challenging. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's a great ride. Well, that's good. You know, it is when you can enjoy it. When you can really enjoy it, and yes. you know, as we as we move forward, you know, we'll be talking more about that. You know, at the stage in your life when you can really enjoy it. So let's get started here. So before we even get started, okay, you recently um, released or published your newest book in February of this year called Breakout Preneur. Tell us a little bit about that book. Yeah, so Breakout Preneur, and you know, it's amazing how the uh, world have changed since I started writing this book. And uh, the reason I was writing it, it was because I I wanted to help people who are either stuck in corporate jail or they've recently transitioned out, maybe because of COVID, maybe because, you know, they're nearing retirement, retirement with quotes, and and they want to do something on their own, like many of your listeners. And, And so rather than get a bunch of big names and and uh, people that sometimes you listen to them, it's like, okay, they can do it, but I'm just the little guy. I got 11 entrepreneurs who you know, were just like us in business, and they went on their own, and I did interviews with them, and then I transcribed those interviews and put them in the book and uh, turned the interviews into a podcast. And, and, and so it really 
I took people through their stages, why they left their job, what fears they had, what were their challenges. And, you know, a couple of them are, are, you know, were from outside the United States. I tried to get a flavor of everyone. And it it was just a, uh, you know, the first chapter is mine. And and so I kind of gave a little flavor. But what I have in the book, and I really love, is I use quotes from Shawshank Redemption. And I, I think most people I know that movie. And I take a quote from Shawshank and then I talk about my life and career under the quote. So right. when we say, uh, when, when we, when uh, Red talks about being stuck in prison, the four walls, and, and sometimes you feel in a prison, then you get comfortable on those four walls. That's just like corporate jail at the company, yeah. you know? And uh, so that's what I, you know, what probably my most favorite part of the book. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You know, it's 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 funny that you talk about, you know, um, I, I love what you're talking when you talked about interviewing these 11 entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs or whatever it is, um, and and pulling that into a podcast and into a book. Um, you know, that's an idea I've had for Marketatomy, um, you know, down the road. I haven't done it yet. But it's the same thing, you know, it's, it's let's, let's bring to light the challenges of starting a small business, you know, especially at our age. Okay. But not only that, um, Market Atomy is all about preparing uh, new business owners, new entrepreneurs for the challenges that they're going to face with small businesses. And by doing that, it's all a matter of education. And it's all a matter of lessons learned and learning from others, either in a mastermind group or, you know, or something to that effect. And that's the best education you can get. And you have to, yeah, you're exactly right. And you really need a mentor or a coach or somebody with you along the way, because things that were my strengths at corporate, once I, you know, building teams and, and execution, uh, then you become an entrepreneur, a one-person office, and then all of a sudden you're not you're working in the business and not on it, right. and you realize some of the strengths you had, you're not utilizing because you're busy with other things. So, right. Uh, you're right; it's a it's a whole mindset piece. It is, you know, when you think about it, you know, as as a a new entrepreneur and you're wearing so many hats and you're working in the business, you're working in a vacuum, is what you're doing. You know, it's, it's, it's you, me, I, you know, it's all just one person, unless you're going to reach out and you have an advisor, you have a mentor, or you're part of a mastermind group that you can bounce things off. You know, we're both in the organization C-suite and with C-suite, um, I joined the, what they call the contributor council. Okay. And the reason I joined the contributor council because was because I realized at a point with my business that I needed to bring in an advisory council, all right? But I didn't want to just go out there and hand select people. I wanted a group of people who could work with me, you know, in an environment and help me grow. And when I looked at the different um, uh, criteria or whatever that the contributor council offered, I said, that's what I need, (laughs) You know, so by participating in the in the contributor council, I was able to bring that advisory team. That Absolutely. I and and everyone there works together. There's no self-interest. 
Right. Uh, and uh, it's it's all has to be about results. I I can't tell you the thousands I've spent on coaches yeah. who who just cannot deliver results and they want to put the blame uh, back on the client. Where I, I like to use the analogy, if you hire a Sherpa to take you up Mount Everest and you're all excited in the beginning, like like we are as entrepreneurs, you got the tools, you got everything, and then you get halfway up the mountain and you figure, you know, all of a sudden you have fatigue and fear and you can't breathe as well. Do you think the Sherpa would abandon you on the mountain or would they find a way to take you up? Exactly. So exactly. that's the way a coach should be. Because yeah. we're going to encounter the same things in our business, and you need someone that's going to take you to, you know, whether it's a council like yours or, or yeah. uh, someone else. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You know. So you know, uh, moving forward, you know, I, you talk about the second stage in life, you know, and things. I'm I'm 67 years old. Okay, and I I've had two businesses before that failed. All right. And then I went back to school and I realized what I didn't know. I didn't know about running a successful business. So this third time, this is my third life. OK, <laughs> third entrepreneurial life. You know, uh, I finally took control with the knowledge base that I had. So let's talk a little bit about what is needed at at the second stage of our life what we need to take into consideration if we're going to start out on our own. And not only that, but understanding the challenges that we're going to face and the excitement because we're at an age now in our second stage of life where we can enjoy it more. We don't have the challenges of young children, you know, holding us back, you know, and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, that's a great point. Uh, I just want to uh, commiserate with you that I left corporate probably about 10 years ago and uh, I didn't know what I was doing and I lost my house, you know, yeah. and uh, so I had to get it all back together. But the so there's pros and cons, you, you know, when you're leaving like an advanced age, what I call the second half of life. And I, I, I use 40 as a kind of a guideline. You want to take your talents and uh, your wisdom and anything you've gained on the corporate journey. So most of us are pretty successful or we wouldn't even be thinking about going on our own. So right. what, are the, what are those things you could use in your toolkit to get started? Now, one thing against us as we get older is we don't have the years to make up any money that we lose. So a lot of people use their retirement funds or their 401k and and uh, and again, so they they have a little uh, fear of risk that right. they're they're doing. So the the thing is to have a plan and that's, that's and execute the plan because I I really believe lack of clarity is yeah. probably the number one killer of of our dreams and and successes. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. You know, um, uh, going into business in itself, okay. Um, first of all, I don't recommend borrowing from your 401k, especially at our age, you know, or even if you're going to take the equity out of your house, you know, uh, that's that's risky at our age. But when you look at it, OK, you also have to consider if you're going to grow your business by your bank account, you're never going to get ahead. OK, especially early stage in the business. So you've got to make some decisions and you've got to put a strategy together 
on how am I going to pay to grow and fund this business? All right. And so what I do with my, you know, when I'm working with my vendors and I know, okay, I, I need to do this or I need to do this, it's going to cost this much, you know, all of this other stuff. You know, I rely on those vendors and this gets back to getting out of operating in a vacuum. This, this gets to the point where let's bring those partners, let's bring those collaborators along with you and letting them do what they do the best. And you go out and you do what you do best, which is your business and find the money. You know, you do your sales. You do what needs to be done to bring the money in to pay these collaborators for what they're doing for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, and I think another thing uh, to piggyback on that, you, you have to decide what does success look like? Exactly. So I, I just launched my publishing company. And so what is what does success look like for me? Is it publishing one book a month? I, you know, I have no fantasy that I'm going to be like Penguin Books or anything, but what what does success look like? Is it giving back to the second half of life people and getting their words out in the world and help with their business? So right. I think so clarity and and defining success. So like you're saying, you can hire that, that team. You know, you can get VAs yeah. everywhere who do everything right, and uh, instead of trying to do it yourself. No, that's exactly it. You know, you can't be working in the business and working on the business at the same time. Okay. So, you know, you've got to have a team that's going to be willing to work with you so you can be working on your business and you got to put time aside to work on your business. Like I said, if, if you're looking to grow and scale a business and you're relying on your bank account in the first 12 to 18 months, you have no revenue coming in. You know, unless yeah. you're lucky to have, be able to land a large contract or something like that, the first 12 to 18 months, you're building that reputation. You're building that credibility and that 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 platform for bringing those customers in, you know. Now, I have a retail background, so I liken it. OK, if I was to open a store, I would have to get the get the location get all the interior, the, you know, the frames, the shelving, the inventory. Uh, I mean, there, there's like a zillion things that get done before you open the door to accept that first customer, not to mention all the marketing awareness and all that. And so exactly what we're doing is a little easier than that. But on the flip side, if I was doing that, I could deceive myself. It's like, okay, this is unnecessary that I need this to open a store. Right. Whereas in our business, uh, it's kind of, am I spending too much money? I mean, we still have to build the infrastructure, right? We have to get the the yeah. software and, and all that other stuff. So even the Zoom, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's exactly it. You know, um, there, there's, there's really, there's five stages to growing a business, launching and growing a business. First is the napkin stage. That's where you see the business. You have the idea. You, you're excited. You're ready to go. Okay. But before you can do anything, you have to make sure the market wants it. Make sure they're willing to pay the dollars. So you have to prove the business. You know, you have to prove its marketability. You have to prove all of this. Once you know, okay, I've got an audience. I've got a market that's going to buy what I have to sell. Right. Then you start growing the business, building the business is what I mean. 
Okay. Yeah. To build the business is when you're going to build in those systems that need to be in place, the processes, the technology, everything is that's the hardest part there is the building of the business. You know, and once you've got that business model solidified and you're bringing revenue in, then you can start thinking about expanding and scaling and you go to fund. That's the fourth stage. And then finally, you go to the growth stage, which is after you've got your funding and you're ready to take it to the next level. You know, you go into the growth stage. So there's a sequential process to launching and growing a business. You can't go from seeing it into the business model because you may be wasting thousands of dollars, you know, to build that. I got to tell you, you're, you're spot on. And I, I like to use when you're talking about, is there a market? And what I love to use is the electric car. Yes. The electric car, the overwhelming people do not want it, but yeah. they try to force it upon us. So they spend millions and they they don't we don't have the infrastructure. I know this might be a little uneasy to talk about for people, but if from a marketing standpoint, people do not want it. And right. uh, and and so how do you bring out a product like that? You can't right. force it. You can't force people to buy your business and your services. And I can't do it. So unless you, I don't know. Yeah, unless you have thought ahead, and this is where the strategic this is where strategy comes in. Okay, take example. An ex perfect example is here in Orlando. Okay, we introduced our rail system. Okay, we've got a metro rail system, and we had introduced that. I want to say a good ten years ago. Okay, and it went from point A to point B. Okay, and then they expanded it to the second stage. You know that type deal. But the problem is, is by taking this rail. You get from point A to point B. Okay, when you get to point B, how do you get to where you need to go? Okay, they didn't have the infrastructure in place to take you from the train to go to where you needed to go. You know, those kind of things. And if they hadn't put that in place, you know, if they had put that in place, we might have had a more successful launch of the metro rail system. All right. And it's taken them 10 years. Now they're finally starting to build in that infrastructure. And that's where strategy comes in. It's so yeah. important that you 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 need to be thinking ahead. You can't be thinking about right now. Yeah, we have the kind of the thing here, too, with Albuquerque. You know, we yeah. have the rail that goes to Santa Fe. Santa Fe is maybe, you know, an hour away. But you take the train. And then all of a sudden the train stops because the freight trains use the track. And so, and, that's, and that's then, or, or you get left, you get let yeah. out and there's no place to go. Yeah. So yeah. in our business, they call it friction. So if yeah. somebody is going to our website and you want them to make a, you know, where is the friction? And you, you just talked about it in Orlando. It's yeah. like, well, I'm not going to take that thing. It's the same thing. When I'm putting a strategy together for a client, you know, there's a difference between a sequential strategist and just a regular strategist. The sequential strategist takes into consideration, okay, what's gonna happen at this point that could caught, force you to pivot? You know, look at COVID, all right? I had a plan in place for Marketatomy. COVID hit, all right? Nobody expected COVID to come in and do what yeah. it did. Okay, but luckily I had a plan, a strategy and plan in place 
for my company. And part of that strategy was I wanted to build an e-learning environment for those early stage entrepreneurs to get the education they needed. Okay. What I didn't have the first two times, then went back to school and got. Okay. And so when COVID hit, I said, okay, you know, what am I going to do? All of my clients, everything was in person. So that stopped. I said, okay, I'm going to spend the next, I spent the next 20 months building my e-learning environment. Okay. So that's where we're talking about having a strategy to where you can pivot. And it moved yeah. sooner than what I had planned on doing it, but the timing was perfect. Yeah, that 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 was ready made for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. But you were recognized the opportunity and took it. Many people were in the same situation and didn't. Yep. And so that kind of leads us into the fun part of this 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 uh podcast. Let's talk a little bit about what you've learned about the smart goal setting and where you're going with the dumb goal setting. Let's talk about that. Okay, so smart goals have been around. I think they came out in 1981. So we're talking like 42 years. Right. And, and so using something for 40 some years when the whole world has changed intuitively doesn't make sense. Right. But in corporate, uh, so I've used smart goals for probably you know 30 years. I've done thousands of smart goal plans and companies love it for a couple of reasons. First off, it's smart. It, it's got that little like thing to it. And then, you know, they could hold all their managers accountable. So if you're on a team, you may have like 40 leaders doing sales, all the managers or supervisors could be held accountable to the same goals. Show me your smart plan for Jimmy, who's not achieving results. You know, so it's like a common language. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the problem with it is they're not smart. And, and and so, you know, there's a few things to it, right? So the S stands for specific, and we should have a specific goal, right? You, you can't, right. you know I, know, I used to be with some managers that would throw like five things in there. You got to do A, B, C, D, and then that's not very specific. And then uh, the M is measurable. So obviously we want to measure it. But where, where it kind of breaks down is uh, when you get to achievable and relevant and uh, those two, and time bound, you know, we should have a, right. a end goal. But th the problem is what's achievable and relevant to the leadership team is often not to the associate. No. So uh, you talk to somebody that's not achieving their goals and you say, well, what do you think you can do this month? We got to get you here. And it's like, well, I don't think I can do that. That's not realistic to me. And it's just a, it's a boring acronym especially once you leave the business world and we're talking about our lives, right? I mean, we want to think big. I mean, you know, personal development people tell us we don't want realistic goals. We we want, uh, you know, the old BHAG goal. We want to strive for the, you know, the moon, if you will. Which so is, we want little ones, but. Which but, is, um, you know, I call, I call those big goals. They're the, you know, the, the, the big side of it is, you know, is bold, you know, and, and, you know, it's, they're, they're bold goals, they're grandiose goals, you know, and things, but those can be broken down into smaller, smaller goals. Yes. Right. 
So if you were doing a career plan for a, an employee, say they want to become a manager, you mm -hmm. could do a longer goal. It's like, okay, we want you, you want to be a manager. This is our 12 month smart goal, if you will, mm -hmm. where, but you're going to have to have steps underneath it. Right. But uh, the dumb acronym, like you mentioned, uh, I think it's much better because it, it uh, attacks some of the main reasons we don't achieve our goals. So uh, may I may I talk about it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the D, where we're, we're instead of talking about a specific goal, we're talking about a destination. What is our destination? So, like I I said earlier about you know what does success look like? The reason this makes sense is if you I went to the airport last week. I went to Florida. And when I look at the board for the airlines, it didn't say goal to Orlando. It said right. destination. And so if it said goal, I'd be kind of worried because, well, a goal is kind of iffy, right? And then when you get on the airplane, the pilot doesn't say, well, our goal today is to get to Orlando this morning. Our destination. So if you look up the definition of destination, it's almost like fate. It's set in stone. So when you have a destination that you want to get out of corporate jail or or start your business like with you, and, and the destination is like, you're going to do this in six months or 12 months, and then you start working incremental things underneath it. You know what I mean? And right. so what are you going to have to do to get those steps? Like you said, your five steps. Yeah, exactly. And so the dumb is the uniqueness what are you going to do to the marketplace that's going to stand out? Or more importantly, who do you have to become to be that person that's going to leave the corporate world or right. become an entrepreneur? So the uniqueness is, is really like I'm a coach and there's like a million coaches, right? So what makes Joe unique or what makes Dana unique that is going to stand out in the marketplace? And then the M is the uh, mindset. The mindset, so the M is mindset and the B is belief. Now, these are the two that the smart goals do not attack. Yeah. You know, I had teams with 300 employees. Do I think that all 300 employees have the same mindset and beliefs? It's not a chance. And and so the mindset is the daily work. You know, what are you going to do today? What's your mindset? How do you bring joy into your life? How do you you know, what's your meditation routine or exercise routine? And then the belief is probably the biggest game changer. How do you overcome the fears and the doubts and the self-limiting beliefs and the imposter syndrome and all that crap we deal with? Yeah. And and so when you set your dumb goals and work on them religiously, it, it's as clear as day and you right. know you're going to get to your destination. Well, we've had this conversation and this is what really attracted me to this whole thing, you know, and, and I think I said during our last conversation, we need to add one more letter to the back of this. And that's an R. Okay. And, okay. and the reason being is the belief is great and getting through those mindset issues is great, but to receive the rewards on the back end is critical. Okay, so, you know, uh, getting through that, like I said, um, you know, uh, we can believe, and I, I'm speaking about myself here, okay, I've gone through phases where the two failed businesses that I had, you know, 
for many years, I would believe I could do anything and I would work and I would work diligently towards that end goal. But the minute I got to that end goal before crossing the line, something would happen that would blow it to hell. Okay. And I couldn't figure out what it was until later on in life, after I had an accident in Brazil and went through, you know, consulting and, 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 and therapy and all this other stuff, I realized that I was holding myself back as a, 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 a limiting belief within myself that once I crossed that line, after meeting that goal and crossing that line, I had to prove myself. I had to deliver. And that's where a lot of people have problems is getting over that line and delivering what they promised for many, many, many years, months, whatever. Okay. And it's important that we, and all of us as entrepreneurs understand that we deserve that reward. Well, I love that. Yeah. So, so uh, I'm taking some notes here. Yeah. You, some people may have self-sabotage. Some people have, you know, you have a scarcity mindset. I grew up very poor. Money didn't grow on trees and, and uh, all this kind of baloney. And, and so when you start getting a little success, it's kind of like, you know, you put a cap on it, but I, I like your reward and and so it's important to remember that when we have a destination, if we're going to go to a foreign country, there are many connections along the way. We may get delays, we may get cancellations, we may get turbulence, we may have to, you know, uh, take a plane, take a train, take a bus. And so this journey we're on, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm a failure or... Uh, you know, these kind of things. It's like, okay, uh, somebody uh, I I was talking to calls it a plot twist. You know, I'm a screenwriter, so I like that. You know, you got a little plot twist and you're you're on this road here to to your destination. Something happens like a COVID and it's like, okay, I'm going to have to take another route to get there. But you still have the destination in mind. But yeah, I love the reward. Yep, yeah. We have to carry it full circle. Here. Dumb and dumber. <laughs> That's exactly it. Dumber. <laughs> we have to rethink that word or make it in a positive light. You know, it's not dumb. It's dumber. <laughs> it's 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 a positive. You know, like dimmer. Or, or, well, you or, know what? You you bring you bring up a good point of resistance. Somebody said, "Why would I want to use an acronym that says dumb?" But you yeah. you see how they have it in their mind. Smart goals are good, but dumb. Even if it's better, it's dumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's just yeah. So we, you have fun. to wrap it. You have to wrap it around or ha- wrap a positive around it. You know, as far as you know, uh, I don't know a phrase or something. You know, um, sometimes it's it's good to be dumber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something you know, wrap it around in a positive. You know, that's 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 down the road. Okay, I like the. Um, you know, I like the destination side of things, you know, because really, you know, you're right. It, what we're going for is an end game. It's not a goal because a, like you said, a goal is that's what I hope to achieve. Okay. This is what I'm working towards and I hope that I'm going to receive it. Whereas a destination, you set yourself on a path 
And that's where you're going to go. You know, you just, what you're doing is you're putting strategically putting those steps in place to get to that destination. Yeah. I go is like a new year's resolution or I'm going to lose weight, you know, so, okay. What is one pound make it, or I'm going to lose 10 pounds, but the destination is like, it's set in stone. So quickly, it, it's like, if you were going to take a trip, uh, so I'm going to Dallas to see the eclipse on April 8th. Yeah. So April 8th next year. And it's like, okay, you, it is set in stone that I will be there for that eclipse. You know why? Because I have the airfare. I have the Airbnb. I've got my clothes. Uh, if you're going to a foreign country or coming from a foreign country, we have your passport. Yeah. Everything is there. And and so unless there's some big traumatic event or a strike or something, you're going to be there. So that's how a destination is. It's like on June 1st, 2024, I will weigh these pounds. I'll lose 30 pounds. And then what do I need to get there? Yeah. You know, and and so so that's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. My husband likes to uh, joke around, you know, um, when we plan a trip and the minute the tickets are purchased and everything. There's nothing that's stopping him. <laughs> he says, I'm sorry. I don't care what work comes up. I've got my tickets purchased. I am going. You um, know, in some cases, you you even have to make uh, yeah. uh, restaurant reservations. Like if you're going to Hawaii, you have to make restaurant reservations oh. in advance. So yeah. even things like that have to be planned out. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. So. Well, we're coming up on the end of another episode of Charged Up Studio, and we could continue going on, Joe. I mean, I love this topic, you know, and I want to thank you again for joining us today. So um, before we, we close out, how can our audience get a hold of you or your book or reach out to you should they want to talk more with you? What are some ways that they can reach out to you? Well, my books, uh, all the books you can see behind me, even though uh, the Breakoutpreneur is not on there, are on Amazon.com. Uh, the best way to reach me is Joe at JoeSwinger.com. I uh, I recently did a five-day challenge on the dumb goals, and I'm going to be coming out with a new one. Uh, so I don't have the link at the moment. But uh, that's probably the best way to reach me if they want more information or you know, want to schedule some kind of uh, consultation or something. When you get the link, send it to me, okay? And I'll I make will of putting it out there on um, on the uh, transcripts for this. You know, uh, this this will actually air next week, but you know, um, I can put always put it up on the transcripts. And my website is joeswinger.com, and okay. uh, you can right. go there and and see if and you're also on LinkedIn. You're also yeah, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, yes. Okay, all right, great. So that concludes our podcast for today. So please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms you're listening to us on or go to Charged Up Studio's Facebook page and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is a product of Marketatomy LLC and Marketatomy.academy, the e-learning system designed specifically with the micro business owner in mind. For more information and to register for our many courses, go to Marketatomy, M-A-R-K-E-T-A-T-O-M-Y dot academy. Once again, this is Dan Olivo, your host, and I look forward to coming back with you next week. Until then, go out and have a charged up week.
Talk to you later. You've been listening to Charged Up Studio Live, the podcast with you, the small business owner in mind, with your host, Dana Olivo. Join us every Tuesday as we bring you valuable tips and insights into many of the topics you don't know you don't know about growing a successful business. Please leave us a review on any of the streaming platforms you are listening to or visit us on the YouTube or Facebook page and leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss another episode. You can also support us through Patreon by visiting our website, chargedupstudio.live, and click on the Patreon link. Until next week, go out and have a charged up week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.